and three. Welcome back, everyone, to the Whiskey Raiders podcast. As always, guys, I am Jay, better known as Take. It is good to be back. We are coming off the back of a really cool episode with Freddie No, uh, the eighth generation master distiller over at Jim Beam. So if you haven't checked out that episode, go ahead and give it a go. But tonight, John and I are back in the studio. We have great whiskey. We have great times. It is good to get back in the swing. Uh, we've got some cool stuff. So how are you doing, John? I'm doing good, man. Uh, per usual, I already have the whiskey poured here and just about ready to stick my fingers into it and start putting it all over my face. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Uh, we've got some good stuff to talk about. Been a little while since we had a good re- uh, recording session, so I'm yeah, man, those, fired up. Those, the holidays, January, I feel like I spent all of January recovering from the holidays, and then before you know it, it's February. Yeah, I spent most of the holidays uh, kind of sick and not feeling awesome. And so I didn't really have like the uh, built-in recovery time, I would say, since I was trying to recover the whole time. But I mean, (laughs) it still works out. I mean, here we are having a good time, pouring up a little bit of great whiskey to talk about. So I guess I won't complain. Yeah, it'll do. I mean, we got cool stuff. I believe uh, this should be no surprise to anyone. All the whiskey that we are drinking in the next couple of episodes has all been out, but they're still pretty cool. So we want to go ahead and hit on them. Today, we are talking about the Four Roses 135th anniversary. This is their uh, limited edition small batch. Uh, this comes in kind of that funky squat bottle with some cool stuff going on. But this is kind of the big kahuna if you're a Four Roses fan. Yeah, this is absolutely it. Sort of the uh, the one to chase every year. And as a very hit or miss Four Roses fan, I will say that among the things they do that don't usually resonate with me, the small batch limited edition usually hits pretty hard. I really dig what they do with these. I think they really take the time to dive into their different profiles, you know, amongst their massive amount of recipes and flavors that you can get within each subset of those. And they make something great every time that comes out to be more than just the sum of its parts. It's not just an old bourbon. It's not just a high proof bourbon. It's not just this or that it really ends up scratching a lot of different itches and it can like really kind of bring in layers that you don't get with a producer that doesn't maybe have the wide range of options that Four Roses does. I'm, I'm right there with you. And one of the coolest aspects of this whiskey is like, you know, Four Roses as a producer, they have their small batch, they have the small batch select, they have the single barrel, but, but, but they are a producer that has 10 different recipes. And typically we do see, you know, this small batch limited edition is kind of the the penultimate release from them where, where Brent Elliott, their master distiller and master blender takes the whole year. And, you know, if you go to Four Roses, you can buy uh, like a single barrel, you know, and those are like eight to 10, maybe 11 years if you're super lucky. But um, this year's release, it starts with a 12-year-old OESV recipe. It has a 14-year-old OESK recipe. It has a 16-year-old OESV recipe. Um, and, you know, just a little cherry on top, they they cap it off with a 25-year-old OBSV. So this thing is just unprecedented in terms of the age, uh, the components. Like, I've never had a 25-year-old bourbon from Four Roses. And that, to me, you know, it's not like it came from 25 years ago. This has been aged in a barrel for 25 years, and it's one of the components of this year's release. Yeah, it feels like they were really, I think, waiting on this one to put into something special like the 130th or... Is it 130 or 135th? 135, yeah. The 135th, I'm not good with numbers, and I feel like my track record states this. So I'm not going to be too offended in getting the numbers wrong. Let's call it the 384th anniversary. And realistically speaking, 
having something like that kicking around where it like just so happens like hey guess what we had a 25 year bourbon that we put into this just seems like the right kind of flex for this release it's the thing to hold on to to really kind of ramp it up and make the enthusiasts go wild which let's face it they were going to anyway but it's just another way to really kind of take it to another level and yeah. i think this is a really killer pour like it's got so many good layers to it and whereas one of the things in Four Roses liquid that can sometimes steer me away is the background of a floral note that can get a little bit too perfumey for me sometimes. And this has a touch of that floral note, but it's done right. It's like when you catch like a, a rose water in some sort of like a baked dish or something. And it's like just brings enough of that floral level to it that you get an influence, but it's not overpowering. And that mixes with the fruit and the oak in this. Like, it's really rich. Uh, like, good layers all around. Very cool stuff. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, and the craziest part, too, is that, like, this release, everyone's been, I don't want to say freaking out because they've been freaking out about another brand, and that's Wild Turkey. But, like, you know, the price on these has gone up every year. It used to be, like, 100 bucks, and there was 120 and there was 150 and this year it's $199. But, like, a 25-year-old Four Roses release would be a gajillion dollars. Like, it makes total sense. It feels totally fair, but, you know, not to not to wail on the price point because 200 bucks for this feels totally fair. But what I did love was the nose to me was, like, super full of fruit. <laughs> like, I expected this to be just, like, a dense, dense tannin cannon, just, like, straight to the face. Like, I expected nothing but wood and spice. And, and I was amazed at how much, like, cream... Uh, it was almost like a strawberries and cream with like a blackberry cordial kind of thing going on. Like I was surprised to find almost no overbearing oak uh, like in the nose at all. Yeah, two things you said there uh, really stood out to me. One was tan cannon because that's the first thing I thought when I read this too, and I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna scare the pants off of Jay. And then <laughs> maybe it's gonna be my new tattoo, tan and cannon. I don't know. I've, yeah, I've never okay, thought to say that out loud before. Matching tattoos of that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll do up the illustration of what the tannin cannon should look like. Um, also, the strawberries and cream that you mentioned really... Kind of, that was like a vibe that I picked up too here. Like there's really good layers of fruit. And it kind of goes back and forth. Like has sort of like a definite red fruits. But I catch this like nice vanilla background too. That sort of like brings it right into that desserty territory of like this could go into a pastry. This could have a little caramel drizzle on top. This could even touch into the realm of a little bit of like a strawberry cotton candy, which, you know, I mean, when you start digging that deep, you're talking like artificial strawberry. That's not an actual strawberry in there. As far as I know, I don't know how they would turn that into cotton, but <laughs> if they did, this kind of reminds me of it. Yeah, I... What's kind of cool, too, is that, like, I get a lot of those, like, kind of pie-filling notes. So, like, it feels, like, very fruity, like there's some graham cracker and stuff. But, like, th the fruits are very natural until, you know, moving into the palate, that's where I definitely see that 25-year-old component. I definitely see, the, like, you know, when we talk about whiskeys, a lot of times it's like, oh, it's well-aged because there's some 12-year in it, right? Like, that's kind of the whole shtick behind Rare Breed It's like... Well, don't you worry. It's super complex because, like, we we, we threw a couple teaspoons of 12-year-old whiskey in there. But, like, this guy starts at 12 years, and it gets older and older from there. And, like, so on the palate, I definitely start to notice it. Like, the oak is coming in. It's still not a ton, which is shocking in its own right. But, like, you know, what I love is that from the nose to the palate, like, there's a huge transformation. It's, like, always changing. It's not just like, oh, you know, here's strawberries and cream, and for 200 bucks, that's all you're going to taste. Like, the nose goes right into a big palate, and there's so much going on. Yeah, agreed. There's good layers of spice in it, too, that 
I think make that a lot more exciting on the palate. And then even in the finish, it kind of flows back and forth where you get some of those sweet notes that start to linger. That like sort of a uh, berry pie and then background of like, oh, hey, there's like a kick of oak, some baking spice holding this together and everything just kind of tying it up nicely. And right. it just, it hangs on for long enough. And I'm like, man, this is nice. Like I'm almost at the point where I want to take another sip, but I'm still tasting what's going on there. So I don't need to like, it puts you into a great sort of stalemate between enjoy the finish more or go in for another taste. Definitely. The, the finish was most surprising for me as well, because like they, they're usually very punchy finishes. They're usually, I don't say like that's where you find the ethanol, but like that's where I feel like it's the most kind of powerful. Um, this one was, was fruity and oak driven, but the oak still like, I just kept waiting to be like, okay, it, I'm not going to get punched by oak on the nose, but I'm sure it'll be in the palate. And I get to the palate. And I'm like, mm. you know, I, I taste a little bit of it, but it's really well balanced. Like I'm sure the oak's going to just totally smack me on the finish. And even in the finish, it's a big, like kind of fruit salad character going on. Like it's big, it, it's bold, it's desserty, but that Oak still remains so balanced that I, I'm just shocked that it can play that well because like a 25 year old bourbon is just going to intrinsically be so tannic, so dry, so oaky. And this, this really comes together. You know, it's super complex. It's super interesting. And frankly, this is a real masterpiece of just like being balanced. They could have done, they could have thrown this out of balance with anything and gone super crazy and heavy and powerful like bourbon brands like to do. But at the end of the day, Brent Elliott chose to be really restrained and balanced. And I think that that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put this really. I feel like of all the things that it does well, it scratches every itch. Like it hits the, uh, if you picture like the spider graph of flavors, it hits a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You really get into all of the areas that you kind of want to, or at least that I feel like I want a bourbon to bring to me. And if I was asking for just like a little bit more out of it, I might say like a little kick more, like a little heavier mouthfeel might have elevated this a sure. little bit higher for me. But again, that's because I'm a disgusting weirdo and I like things <laughs> like that. But for me, like really, this was, this rated very high for me. Um, you know, our reviews are both live on this. People could check those out if they wanted to. It should be no surprise that this scores well. Like, this is all-around killer whiskey. This is really killer whiskey. And for 54% ABV, you know, I thought, like, this has this has as much going on as it possibly could for what this is and the ABV. And, and I love it because that means it's it's totally sippable, right? Like, we, we've talked about it before, and, like, you know, a lot of people would have been like, oh, I would have loved this at 130 proof. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that would have been fun, but at 54%, I can have a full pour and maybe a little bit more if I'm kicking back in the evening and it's, it's not going to wreck me. You know, it's, it's, it's got everything I want. It's, it's drinkable. It's fun. It's totally complex and powerful in its own right for 54% ABV. Like this is just a job well done. Yeah. Of any of my criticisms, it would never have come into the realm of being like, I wish this was like just a little hotter or anything like that. Right. It's, I think really the only area that I could have asked for a little bit more would have been mouthfeel. Like, I think this is all around extremely close to being perfect. It's very, very good. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny you say that on the mouthfeel too, because like with all of this Oak, I would have expected like a really not like viscous, but just like straight syrupy mouthfeel. And you know, we got a bit of that, but I felt like it was, it was, it was pretty neutral uh, in terms of like, it was balanced. Like there was plenty of, of kind of that, that stickiness and that chewiness. And it was really nice. Yeah, chewy in all the right ways. 
uh, probably the best thing I can say about this. It's definitely not the actual best, but the best thing that like I think is also slightly funny. So right. Chewy in all the right ways. Great job, guys. That's a good tagline. I, and I feel like in a future episode, maybe we'll have to gather some of these old releases, like do some of the older small batch limited editions and stuff like that and kind of figure out what these rank. But I, I was such a big fan of this year's and last year's. They both ranked. I give them 9 out of 10s, which is, is really almost unprecedented. It, it, it's really cool. It's really good stuff. But yeah. nice work for us. <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah, great job. Keep it up. I can't wait to try next year's. I mean, where could they go from here, right? Right. It, and that's kind of the... You know, that's a really good closing statement here is like last year I was like, oh man, like this is as good as it could possibly get. Like strong work to four roses. I'm sure we'll have a down year next year. And when this showed up this year and I tried it and I was like, damn, this is every bit as good as last year. And, you know, is this going to be the new normal for four roses? Like I, I don't want to say I doubt it because I know they have the whiskey to pull it off, but to, to pull off nine out of tens for me two years in a row is, is super impressive. And, and honestly, just to be digging this deep and kind of their vault of old barrels is just incredible to me yeah man i'm with you all the way cool well i mean uh th this was a killer one this was a great way to get back into the swing of releasing new episodes this was a whiskey that i've just absolutely adored and um if you guys want to read the full review from john you can find him at the bourbonfinder.com if you want to read my full review it's up at whiskey raiders uh, dot com and together we are the whiskey raiders podcast we've got new episodes dropping probably every week every other week for uh the spring and summer you know it, it is whiskey season after all now that the holidays are done we've both uh we've both gotten sick a couple of times and recovered so we are back uh you can find more from john at bourbon finder on instagram you can find more from me on whiskeyraiders.com until then guys we will see you back here at the whiskey raiders podcast for another episode soon <laughs>